You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hey friend, if today finds you struggling, struggling in a relationship or a financial situation, or a very hard diagnosis of you or somebody you love. Today, I'm joined with a beautiful friend. She is a wife, a mom to two fabulous, beautiful teenagers. She's a special ed teacher and an early childhood specialist. She's the sister of one of my very best friends, and she also is my survivor sister. We're joined today by Josie. Hi, Josie. Thank you for joining me. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. So Josie, I've known you for a few years, I'd say, well, over a decade now. And you and I have always had this like connection thing, even though we didn't talk a lot, we didn't see each other all the time, but we had a mutual love for photography. And I don't know, we just always got each other, wouldn't you say? Yes. And I know you were my, my sister's friend, but it was just always, I could feel comfortable in just giving you a text or calling you if I needed something. And it was kind of weird. We just automatically would just connect. Every time we would see each other, it was just like a great hug and connection. And, yeah. you know, maybe now we know why. Yes, exactly. So Josie, take me back to day one. And I want you to share with, with those that are listening what you're going through. Well, I, I'm going to bring a long journey of a year's worth into a small little time frame, but I'll start you off with my daughter. And I, I have to tell you a little bit about her story so you can see the impact it has on the next journey of my life. Yes. Because every journey that comes across us has an impact on another part of our life and it's who we are. Yes. And God puts these paths in front of you not knowing that they connect. Right. And that's how well, he knows. Strong. He knows they connect. Yeah. We just don't know what he's doing. <laughs> and sometimes we're like, no, I don't want that. And then you're, you're, he's like, yes. And you're like, no, I don't see it. <laughs> you know? But you need it. So, but you need it. You have to do this. And you're like, I don't see it now. But then later we see it, right? So this is my journey. I later, I saw it. My daughter, my, both of my teenagers have kidney disorders. They were diagnosed at 10 years old. You know, it, it's something they do. They drink medicine for, for life. It's a rare disorder. So we're very grateful that at least with medicine, they can live a normal life. My daughter started having complications with her kidney disorder. And in the month of October 21, she was in and out of the hospital not being able to control her levels in her body. A little bit fast forward, you're looking at 20 days in the hospital, back and forth, October, here comes November, and we go back to the hospital again. And it was just back and forth. And as a parent, you know, your kids are your world. When you're not a doctor and you're trying to learn and work with a rare condition, everything is Let's see what we can do, what we can come up with. How are we going to work with this? Even the doctors, it's a rare condition. 
I said that because I was already in a frustrated, you know, situation. I was already like overwhelmed as parents, you're back and forth from the hospital. You're trying to go to work. I was a teacher, a pre-K teacher at that time. I was missing a lot of days, which I never miss a lot of days of work. You know, I was, I was becoming a little vulnerable. I always pray. I do my prayers in the morning or at night. Whenever I, I just want to, I stop and I do my prayers and I connect with God. And that week I was feeling a little bit vulnerable and I was feeling a little bit of fear, which I've never really felt that close to fear before. Even in my past history, I've gone through a lot. Everybody has their journey. And I called my sister and my sister, Jeanette, I have lots of sisters. And I said, I need your help. I need you to get your prayer group out there. I need, I, I, I don't know. I'm just feeling vulnerable and I need your strength. I, I, I need a hug. I need some strength to overcome this. I was a little overwhelmed. And she tells me the Philippians 4.13, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And we prayed that Bible verse. That night I had night shift in the hospital. And we're looking at November 9th. I was in the hospital praying with my daughter. It was nighttime. Went to pray to God and just told him, I just, I have my grandmother who raised me. Everybody has a great person that raised them. Somebody that made a big impact in their life. And mine was my grandmother. And she passed away when my son was three. And my daughter wasn't born yet. So my daughter's 15 or 14 at this time. I prayed to him. And I was, God, I just, I want to hug my grandmother. I want to feel her love and her security to tell me it's going to be okay. You know, I just, I need that to get rid of this fear that I was feeling inside me. And I knew my daughter would be okay. It was just another, you know, bump in the road. We had to, she was in the best hospital with the best doctors. I trust her doctor with the world. He's, you know, nephrologist is both of my kids. But this time, you know, I just had this fear and I couldn't shake it off and I couldn't shake it off. And I prayed to him and I, and, and I told him, I just need a hug from her. I want to, I want to see her. It had been 15 years that my grandmother passed away, something like that. And never have I ever dreamt with my grandmother. You hear everybody's story. Oh, I dreamt with so-and-so and I dreamt with so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, why can't I dream with my grandmother? Sometimes you just want to feel them because you miss them and you need that encouragement. And guess what, everybody? She came in my first dream. She was in that dream and I, I, it was a short dream and I look in front and I'm looking at her and she's sitting in front of me in a room. It was just me and her and she's sitting in a wheelchair and she's like smiling her big smile like she always does. I take that smile from her and I was like, grandma, abuela, abuela, you're there. Oh, abuela, I just love you. I miss you. And she's just smiling at me. Her mouth wasn't moving, but I felt her hand over my chest like a piece over my chest and I'm looking at her and I'm looking at her and she looks different and she was bald and my grandmother wasn't bald she had a lot of hair I take after her as well um and I'm like at first I didn't think anything of it and I'm just like just weird you didn't and I'm like, oh, well, I just love you. And I'm just so happy. Why can't you talk to me? But she was talking to me, but it wasn't coming out of her mouth. It was more of just feeling her. I was right. feeling her. 
and her hand was on my chest and it was like, it's going to be okay, kind of feeling, but she wouldn't say anything, but I understood her as we were talking and, and I was just like, so happy to see her and that's it. I woke up. It was nothing. I thought it was nothing. And I started talking to God and I started saying, questioning, God, God, what was that about? I'm kind of confused. I felt this peace. I woke up from the dream and I still had that beautiful hand over my chest, peace over me, feeling. But then I was questioning, why was my grandmother in a wheelchair with no hair? She didn't die of cancer. And it just came in through my head. I left it alone and I was just weird, mm-hmm. but I felt peace. And I was thanking him and I thanked him. And I was crying and I thanked him for that moment that I've been craving for so many years. And it came to me that night. And the fear left away. God was next to me that whole time. And he brought her. He brought her to me because he knew that she would bring me comfort. She would push away any evil. Right. He was speaking through her. And at that moment, I didn't see much. But I, I, in the sense of cancer, but I connected with my daughter and saying, okay, she's good. This is going to be fine. We're going to overcome. Okay. I'm strong. We got this in that time frame in November, I had felt a lump on my left breast, but I had something there many years ago, 2009 in the same spot. So I really wasn't thinking much of it. I was just like, oh, it feels a little different, a little bigger than normal but it's in the same spot. So I didn't think of anything of it. I skipped mammogram because of COVID. Mm-hmm. That first COVID year like in March, I think it was that summer. I skipped, I always go in the summer and I didn't do the mammogram. So then came the other year. And now I was like, you know what? I, I need to go. I had my, had my appointment. I think it was like two weeks later or a week later. It was the following week. I had my appointment with my gyno. I go to him and he's like, yeah, you know, I feel it. Let's do your usual. No big deal. Okay. That day after I left his office, it was early in the morning. I said, you know what? Let me call those diagnostic Baptists. Let me get the appointment. You know, right now, anybody wants to make an appointment. It's what? Three months to get an appointment. Guess what, guys? I got an appointment that same day, three hours later. Somebody had canceled. What are the chances of that? I I hit the jackpot. (laughs) I was like, what? Okay, I'm going. I had some lunch and I ran over there, did my diagnostic. Yep. Got the stop. The ring bell. Hold on. You have to talk to the doctor kind of thing. Okay. That means they found something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, you have to have a biopsy. They'll call you from MCI, Miami Cancer Institute for a biopsy. Okay. Still throughout this time, yeah, I was concerned. I was worried. I was nervous. I was, but I wasn't scared. I started thinking of my grandmother and I'm like, oh my God, are you trying to tell me something? There was more behind the, I needed your hug to, I need to tell you what's going to happen. Right. Oof. I sat down and I prayed at that moment and it came, you know, when you're in doubt, and when you feel scared, but I wasn't feeling scared. I was just like questioning what's going on, nervousness. And I said, you know what, God, I trust you. You give me, every time I pray, he comforts me. He, he renews me. I have hope with him. 
and I'm just gonna move forward. So I called to, they called me to do the biopsy. Oh, three months later. Oh, I can't wait three months. Girl, the anxiety was gonna go to the root. That's right. <laughs> Everybody, that's the part of this hardest is the waiting game, right? With any diagnostic right. waiting, you're the waiting game. So I go back to my oncologist surgeon, Dr. Lopez Pernauers, and and I call her up. You know, they call her up and they're like, We'll call you back. I hadn't been with her since 2019. She's like, Hey, you're free to go. I had seen her every six months since 2009. She's like, yeah, yeah, come in November, I think it was 29th. We'll do your bios. So it was better than three months. It was the same month. Mm-hmm. So we did the biopsy that week and that 29th, I think it was a Tuesday. And she's like, I, it's the same spot. It's the same place. I think it's the same thing. This is what she's telling me, which is what I was thinking. I don't think it's anything. It's the same, you know, it looks like it looks the same. Okay, perfect. Great. Left her office. I'll call you. We'll, we'll see you Thursday. We'll, if not, we'll do a phone call. I said, okay. So two days later, three days later, I get a call. Hey, we're not going to do a Zoom call. Your labs are not in yet. Come tomorrow. And I said, okay. And then you start questioning. Hmm, calling me in. This is kind of weird. <laughs> so I go in the next day without anybody because we're still in COVID. So I was by myself, not even thinking that I was gonna get that answer. And I'm there waiting patiently. And as you wait, your door opens and here comes two nurses with the Bibles. Not the God Bible, but the Bible of cancer. Yes. (laughs) The fold. And that's when you're like, oh, that's when your body sinks down to the ground. You're like, wow. And you hear the words of, you have cancer. And I was like, no way. For real? And they're like, yeah. And Dr. Lopez was like, I know. I, I called back the, the labs to make sure it was yours because I couldn't believe it either. I'm by myself. They're throwing all this stuff at you. She's like... You have a choice, but you want, I'm like, girl, you're taking it all out. We're doing double mastectomy. I, by this time, it was like, a, I don't even know, it was four o'clock appointment and it was already like 6 p.m. by the time I left there. I hadn't called anybody. I left. The first thing I did was get in my car and pray and cry and pray some more and cry. I put my Caleb perfect song. Fear no no more, but I don't know who the artist is. But listen to it one time. Fear no more. I said, okay. I guess this is my new path. But I never had a moment of why. At that moment yet, I was still in shock. I didn't have, you know, I was scared of what was going to come. And I was still in shock of, oh, my God, I have cancer. I have cancer. Oh, my God. Cancer stage one. Okay, we got this stage one. We caught it early. We're good. We're going to take care of this. But I wasn't discouraged and I wasn't mad. I still had that sense of peace of my grandmother's hand over my chest, feeling peaceful. Don't ask me why, but that's what I felt. Wow. And then I connected to that dream. 
and I know, God, I'm going to be okay. Because you told me from the beginning that I was going to be okay. You died on the cross for us. Now I'm living because of you. And I always go back to Isaiah 41 10. For fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I've always known God is always near next to us all the time. Mm-hmm. But this is the first or the second or the third time in my life that I can say he was literally sitting at the right side of my car, (laughs) holding my hand. And you know, that's the beginning of the journey. Mm -hmm. Telling everybody, confronting, running to my sister's house, Zooming everybody, because now we Zoom, right? And getting over that shock. And as the days came on, you know, you do it going through cancer, you go through a lot of treatments and a lot of tests, and trying to find the answers and all those tests take days and weeks and sometimes months yeah waiting for the answers and what doctor go see oncologists go see radiologists go see this plastic surgeon so you're just running back and forth again i couldn't take once in a while i would be able to take someone if it's the first visit so i did all of this practice you know i thought it was alone but i wasn't god was always next to me yeah I would, every time I would take my little prayer book that someone gave me, which was amazing, 50 Days of Hope. Amazing, amazing. That takes you every day with a different scripture going through cancer. And every meeting I would read one. Every time I had an appointment, I would read one page. He just would let me know. He would let me know it's okay. I did biopsies, more biopsies with an MRI machine going. And in this time frame. Connecting back to my daughter. I'm still in December. My daughter had scoliosis back surgery December 6th. So I found out I had cancer three days before her surgery. And I didn't say anything to her. I didn't want her to have that in her mind going into her big surgery that we had been waiting for all these months preparing for. Going in, we went, we did her surgery. She had lots of complications unexpectedly. God was, I would pray to him every day. I know you're strong and I know I'm strong, but my cup is full, boy. Mm. (laughs) And my cup is overflowing. My daughter spent 25 days, 26 days out of the, no, almost 30 days. She spent 30 days in the hospital. After the initial 20 days. So this isn't, we're not talking about the same visit. In October, she was 20 days in the hospital. And then in December, after the surgery, she was almost 30 days. While you were navigating oncologists and trying to figure out what exactly do I have? What exactly is the plan forward? There was a lot of uncertainty. It seems a little, it seems a little overwhelming. It was. I would go to the hospital, do my appointments and go right back to Nicholas children at night to spend the night there. Yeah. To give my husband a break. Mm-hmm. My sisters would come during the day. Sometimes she was there all day, all day for a whole month of December. She left the hospital January 7th. And in that time she had seven, six surgeries. She got an infection right. as well on her spine. And that's what happened. And all that time I'm running back and forth 
getting biopsies, getting blood tests, doing genetic testing, coming back, not knowing what the future holds, not knowing what else. Although at that time, it's stage one, we're going to do full mastectomy, you know, uh, maybe radiation that looks like the, the way it is. Okay. Okay. And, but you know what? The Lord is good. That's a good word. When you're overwhelmed and you cannot understand the circumstances and you can't understand what he's doing, even where he is, you just have to remember who he is and that he is good, even if your circumstances are not. Are not good. You have to tell yourself, he is good. He is great. He is leading my path. I don't understand it. How much more I can handle my daughter's experience was so traumatic. I couldn't control anything. The days were long. The nights were longer. And then dealing now with myself, cancer. But God gave me strength every day. Every day was a new day. Every day was a new day. And he, the troubles would come and he would give me strength. And he would give my family strength. And it was hard. It was the first time in my marriage, in my relationship with my husband of 27 years, that we were both struggling. I couldn't connect with him because he was weak and he's never weak. I couldn't go to him. So God just kept giving me strength to be the strong one at that point to help him. And he was so hard, but he just... He keeps close and, and you put your trust in him. You put your trust in God. Sometimes you die, can't explain those things. Sometimes your trauma is really bad that you can't overcome. But I've learned through this path that you just have to live each day as best as you can with him next to you. And if it's one more day that I get to live, I am thankful. Whatever condition, whatever situation it might be. Because every day is a gift from God. Yeah. And he tells us in his word not to worry about tomorrow, that tomorrow will worry about itself. But especially us women, especially moms, we're going to worry. But it's important. I love that you share that. That's one of the lessons you learned is to live today, live today and be thankful for this moment that you have because tomorrow is not promised. And also, I think as Christians, we make the sometimes the mistake of only looking at the good stories, the stories that ended well, you see there God was good, there God was glorified. But you and I both know that through the most tragic events in our lives, God was there and God was good. And even though we might have endured loss or suffering or just, you know, really hard, sad times that didn't change, you know, when losing the people that we love, or getting a diagnosis that it's not going to be, you know, three months and you're out. God is still good. He can still be trusted and relied on because as Christians, our life here matters, but our lives are secure for eternity in Christ. And that is the hope. And that's hard. Listen, I know that that's hard to say. If you're struggling right now with a life-threatening illness, you don't want to hear that because you have kids and you have a life here. And you... But honestly, taking your eyes off of that and saying, Lord, I surrender because at the end of the day, can, can not surrendering, can throwing a tantrum or worrying about it, can it change? Actually, actually scientifically speaking, 
speaking, worry will harm you, but surrender releases control of things. And like you said, I couldn't control that. Really, do we, what do we have control over? <laughs> I always tell my kids, I want to control you, but I can't because I can't even control myself. But, you know, God also gives us choices. We just sometimes don't see it because we're so blinded or we're so upset we're letting our our emotions of why is this happening instead of saying how can i overcome this and you have to change the way you see things because he shows me to see it in a different way yeah he gives you the eternal and and- the eternal love and eternal. and the thing is that we don't give him that time we are so go 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 in our life we don't stop and there's nothing wrong with that you know we want to be whatever is it that you want to be in life you're going you're living your life you're going to work you're waking up early go take the kids to school go to work come pick them up you got to go to this activity you got to go to cheerleading you got to go to football pick them up come home you got to bring dinner you got to go to the supermarket you know you don't have you don't stop i have learned through this process through this journey that you have to stop and you have to see him you have to see him because he's putting it right there and people are not seeing what he's telling us because you're so busy and we forget to take those minutes and just say, thank you, God, and talk to him. And you're going to see he's going to guide you. He guides you. If you're there and you're present in front of him every day, he's going to guide you. But you have to be willing to see him. Yes. And hear You'll have to come back to hear part two of Josie's story. We're going to go ahead and stop there, but I hope that you will tune in next time. And thank you so much, Josie, for sharing the beginning of your story with us. I can't wait until we meet again. Thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the first part of the story. It's been humbling. Until next time. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?